the opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal, professional legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients. Hi, I'm Kristen Holstrom. And I'm Sam McBride, and we are the Custody Queens. We have a new show that we couldn't be more excited about. If you're going through a custody battle, fighting for your parental rights, or going through a horrible divorce, nothing is off limits on our new show. Thought it was love, had kids in between, you can count on us, we're the custody queens, yeah, you can count on us, we're the custody queens. Happy Saturday everyone, I'm Sam McBride, I'm here with Kristen Holstrom and we are the custody queens. Today we have our divorce expert Dane Holstrom with us and we're going to break down a celebrity case. A celebrity divorce case. But before we get there, I think we're going to do the TMI jar because this is my favorite part of the whole show because I love making Sam McBride get uncomfortable. And and divorce Dane, too. Dane's going to do one today. <laughs> TMI. TMI stands for too much information. I'm going to do the honors because I keep putting Kristen in the hot seat. So if you can pass me a question, we'll get into it. I like when you guys did scissor rock paper. But then I continue to beat Kristen every time. No, that's and only so because you got in my head we, and you tried to cheat. We ha- It's gamesmanship, but we had to retire because I didn't want to keep winning. Okay, I wanted to be fair to everyone. Okay, here's my question. Would you rather be stuck in an elevator with a bunch of men with B.O. or three soaked dogs? Oh, this is an easy one for her. This is an easy one for me because I am a dog lover. And honestly, I like to swim with dogs in general, so it's not infrequent that I am literally soaking wet and I actually smell like a wet dog. I love dogs. True story. I love dogs. I do have a high tolerance for BO, though. Probably too high of a tolerance. (laughs) I do. So I might be able to do both, to be honest. But, you know. I think as soccer players, we're definitely, we definitely build that tolerance for B.O. But she does have a dog named Pam. So it's Sam and Pam. Sam I mean, and seriously, Pam. Seriously, how cute is that? She just learned how to swim, too. Yeah, and she actually, Sam used to watch my dogs for me when I would go on vacations. So she's definitely the dog lover. Yeah, and you had four dogs at the time. I did. I had two pugs and two bullies. So, I love your dogs. And now I have a doodle named Packer for Green Bay Packers. And can I get a Go Pack Go? Because we're starting here real soon. <laughs> well, here we go, Kristen. <laughs> I won't. I won't go too far into it. But I am. I am a diehard Green Bay Packer fan. Thanks to my husband, I inherited this trait 13 or 14 years ago. But I am excited to see Aaron Rodgers work his magic this year. That's great. All right. So I am gonna pull from the jar right now. All right, what song do you most associate with your childhood? That is an easy one. It is Britney Spears, Oops, I Did It Again. And I would actually go, Oops, I Did It Again. You know, I know that I might be slightly tone deaf, but um, I was always kind of taking things like one step too far maybe and definitely testing the parents a little bit. But, you know, I, I learned and I turned out pretty good. So, but I was definitely the girl that... You know, in Girl Scouts, would definitely push the Girl Scout troop leader and definitely would always get the call to my parents to come pick me up. You know, that's just, hey, it all worked out. Oops. Oops. Moving on. All right, Dane, it's your turn. Were you named after anyone or thing? No. (laughs) 
So how easy. so how did your parents come up with Dane? Um, actually, I, I I can't get credit for it. I wasn't involved, but um, it was our family is Scandinavian on both sides. Um, my family, <laughs> yours is a little more diverse, um, but uh, we were both Swedish and Danish, and so the spelling of Dane in Sweden is D A Y N. It's a very unusual spelling I've learned, and of course Holstrom is very Swedish, and so. That's where it came from. Where'd Kristen come from? Her name? Yeah. I don't even think. <laughs> I, I'm thinking we're not going to die. Get into that. <laughs> well, you see, there's the birds and the bees. Um, anyway, uh, we're actually just putting names together. And I think we, we did the same thing first parents do all the time. And, and you get a book and you start running names together or you run into somebody. Oh, my goodness. I love that name. And we loved Kristen Ashley, and Ashley was spelled different. It was like Old English Ashley, which is A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H. So that Which was I it. actually gave my daughter the middle name, or actually her name is Riley, and I spelled it the same way that I spelled my name, so R-Y-L-E-I-G-H. Dane, what did you teach me to say when I was little? Uh-oh. Kick butt, rip it up, and have fun. Which is actually followed suit into my kids, so before sports, it's always kick butt, rip it up, and have fun. Sam, was there any think sayings that your parents taught you? Not really. I was, though. My parents taught me nothing. No, I'm kidding. Shout out to my mom and dad. I love you very much. Um, <laughs> I was named, though, after Bewitched. So I was named after the a TV sitcom. And can yeah. You do I, the, can you do the nose thing? I can't. Oh. And every time I say that, somebody says that. And your middle name is Kate. Where Didn't that come from somewhere, too? So Kate, actually, I thought my name was Katie for a far too long, but it's Kate. My middle name is Kate. I asked my mom recently where it came from, and I think she just said that she wanted a one-syllable middle name. <laughs> and then I, I cross-referenced that with my dad, and he said that he liked the way it flowed and that it sounded like an Irish girl. We're Irish, so. Oh, I think it's a beautiful name, Samantha Kate. So maybe your marriage didn't go as planned, or maybe you didn't pick the best partner to have a child with. Or could it just be baby mama drama? Well, no matter what the situation is, we can help. We are the Custody Queens, and you can call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. All right, so before we get into the celebrity breakdown that Dana's going to do, I just wanted to ask my fellow co-host today just a quick question. Like, being an attorney is a super stressful job, and I just want to share, have each of us share with you what we do to de-stress. Sam, what do you do to de-stress? I run would probably be the number one thing. I run off my feelings. I just keep running until I can't feel anything, and then I... I go home and I light a candle and just kind of relax, chill, maybe watch Boy Meets World. That's my favorite go-to. Mr. Feeney has the best lessons of all time. If you know, you know. I do, I know. How about you, Kristen? I, I want to add that we don't let Sam run very often because she generally breaks a bone uh, probably once a year, resulting from a simple little run. So. Yeah, I keep my Aflac. Strong. <laughs> yeah, um, one of the challenges of being an attorney and a mom and also just kind of being true to yourself is trying to find the balance. And one of my favorite things is traveling, which is very limited right now. We've been doing a bunch of staycations, but obviously our yearly trips are have been put on pause. So I have really found a lot of uh, calming moments with turning all the lights off, 
making sure that my husband has all three kids, trying to time it with nap time with at least one or two of the youngest ones, and uh, grabbing my iPad, lighting a candle, and getting some serious like bath bombs, the stress reliever, you know, Epsom salt, and literally watching Netflix in the bath by myself. So that way I just have 20 minutes to catch my breath. Your me time. And yeah, it's me time. And just forget about the rest of the world. And then by the time I get out, you know, it's back to reality. So Dane, what is something that you do to de-stress? My, my two favorite de-stress, depending on how much time I have to commit to it. If it's 20 minutes like you're talking about, I'll pick up a guitar uh, and just play and, and do that. I have one in my office and I have a, you know, one at home. If I have more time to invest, then I, I go flying. I'm a pilot, and I, I love to fly. I think it's a, it's a cool thing to do, but it takes more than 20 minutes. So that's what I do. And Dana's actually flown some of our attorneys, you know, to various courthouses from our office. And that's a good story for another day. But I've actually flown with Dane, and it's it's pretty amazing. And the amount of time you save is is truly phenomenal. It really allows you to open your eyes up and travel so many to so many new places. What's the first place you want to travel to when it's not a safety issue? You know, I really actually want to go to Ireland. I haven't been to Ireland except for in a layover on my way to Germany one year, but it just is so beautiful and I want to get out and I feel like being restricted from going anywhere is giving me that like travel bug and I just want to take a couple of weeks off. This is my formal request to put in time off. <laughs> <laughs> Denied. <And> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, what about you? Uh, my number one is definitely Greece. That is definitely on my to-do list. And my 40th birthday is coming up very, very soon. So trying to put together just a little quick trip for that. Where to? Uh, we're actually gonna go to Cabo and I am taking Samantha McBride with me. So, you know, we'll have to give you a little preview from Cabo of Custody Queens. On the road. On the road in Cabo. I am really looking forward to restrictions being lifted and getting back to normal. So Dane, where do you and my mother wanna go to? Got anywhere. <laughs> it's you're you're right. We're chomping at the bit. We've had plans that have been on our bucket list for years. We wanna do Machu Picchu, we wanna go to Croatia, so one of our, our, our to-do things. And, and uh, we love going to Hawaii, but Hawaii right now doesn't love us. So we're not going to Hawaii anytime soon. That's a bummer. We have an annual uh, family trip where we take the entire family uh, to, my parents take the entire family to Maui and we spend Christmas in the week there and it's just a wonderful uh, family tradition. And my kids, gosh, they truly have the time of their life. There's water slides and uh, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I have my three-year-old running around drinking virgin uh, lava flows. <laughs> smoothies. <But> smoothies. <laughs> well, he thinks it is a smoothie at $11 a pop, right? Right. But I, yeah, I think we're all just looking forward to some normalcy. We know divorce can be difficult and scary when it comes to the custody of your children. I'm Kristen Holstrop. And I'm Sam McBride. And we are the Custody Queens. We are family law attorneys here in Southern California and are committed to compassionate and aggressive representation. With custom case strategies, we can achieve the best outcome for your case. So call us and tell us how the Custody Queens can help you. Call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. Today, we are going to do the celebrity breakdown. And we're going to talk about support. So we're going to 
pass it over to Dane so he can kind of give us an intro on all things child support. This is a really important topic for us as many of you are going through custody battles or just are sharing your children in general, the financial support that you are providing to your children and how that is calculated is very relevant. And so we thought it would be a great show. And divorce cases. This is a universal issue across most family law cases. Yes. What we're talking about specifically is child support, which will be separated from spousal support or what some people call alimony. But the, the most common thing that happens when a court, as you guys know, of course, when a court is calculating child support, they base it on some main factors. The main factor is the income of each parent and how much time the child spends in each parent's home. There's a lot of details and nuances about taxable income and non-taxable income, but those are the core factors. And for most families, that's it. The court puts the numbers in a computer. The computer says child support is this. The reason the court came around to that when, when it, right when I started being a lawyer like 30 years ago was because people would go into court and one judge for the same set of facts would have a wildly different child support number and they realized this just isn't right. So they came up with what they called the guidelines. Well, the case I'm going to talk about is John Cryer's support case. And John Cryer's support case is that one in a hundred thousand cases where the court didn't apply the guidelines. They didn't look at his income and her income and the timeshare. And here's why. So John Cryer and his wife, I think her name was Trigger, was the last name. Um, they had a small child, and, and Mr. Cryer had tried to go into court to change custody because the child was not thriving in mom's care. Well, the court denied it on an emergency basis, but less than a month later, the younger sibling of another father uh, had an accident, and Child Protective Services came in and took custody of the kids and gave them to their respective fathers. So John Cryer went into court a few months later and said, Time out, Your Honor. I'm paying $10,000 a month for child support, and I have this child 96% of the time. This ain't right. Therefore, I'd like you to apply the guidelines and reduce my support from $10,000 a month. And by the way, at this point, he's now making over $300,000 a month, okay? And reduce it down to less than $1,000 a month because she's only seeing him for 4% of the time. And I love this judge. I love this reasoning. I love the rationale. I've seen lots of people try to paint this ruling as some kind of a, a different thing than it is. And what it simply was, was a judge looking out for the best interest of the child. The law allows a judge to deviate from the guidelines when they think it doesn't make sense. And this judge said, you know what? We got a couple things going on. One, yes, Mr. Cryer, you're a good dad. Mom is going through a tough time, but we want mom to be there for your son. We want you both to be parents for this child forever. And the way that I'm going to facilitate that is I'm going to require you to do something you shouldn't have to do, which is to pay $10,000 a month that is not going to the immediate support of your kid. Why? Because when she starts visiting with that child, where is she going to take him? She's going to take him to her home. I'm guessing you don't want her visiting at a homeless shelter. Okay? She didn't say those are my words, but that's the gist of it. She thought she had the foresight to think about down the road. And... Just to show that no good deed goes unpunished, Mr. Mr. Cryer tried to appeal, and the Court of Appeal said, no, she got it right. The judge got it right. That's exactly what should have happened. So this child has two parents to go home to, period. Two years later, the situation was normalized, of course. This is kind of the punchline on the story. And Ms. Trigger came back and said, I now have 50% custody of our child, and Mr. Cryer is now making $700,000 a month, so I think he needs to give me $90,000 a month in child support. To which the judge said, yeah, no, 
<laughs> so that is one of my favorite cases on not only the issue of child support to illustrate how it works for everybody, but also how a, a good judge with a good opportunity seizes that opportunity to make good law for the state. So Dane, in California, it's normally uniform and you use this calculator and then there's certain situations that you deviate either upwards or downwards. Is that true? It, it's sort of kind of true. You're, you're not supposed to deviate most of the time and most judges don't. Um, one of the most common ones is what we call an extraordinarily high earner that Mr. Cryer would qualify as an extraordinarily high earner because if you apply the guideline, he would have to pay her $90,000 a month. And so at some point the child's needs are met. Not only the needs are met, but it's, and you've got to look at needs. Needs are not just food and shelter. Needs are also having comparable lifestyles in each parent's home. And so it's not cool if little Johnny comes over, little Johnny Cryer, comes from his dad's house and he's got a chauffeur and, a, and, and everywhere and a private basketball court and a movie theater and six servants helping him out and then goes to mom's house where he's eating macaroni and cheese. Okay, that's not okay. So we want the child to want to be able to enjoy and be welcomed and feel good about both homes. And that's the primary purpose of child support for a high earner. But even with that, how much support is enough is the ultimate question. And that's where good judges think it through and decide if they should deviate from the guideline like the judge in the Cryer case. And this happens a lot more than you would think. It's not just celebrity cases. It happens, especially living here in Orange County, it happens a lot. It, it does. <laughs> You'd be surprised how, how high your income now has to be to be an extraordinarily high earner. Uh, making $100,000 a month, no, nope, you don't qualify, okay? A million dollars a month, you're starting to get into the right league. What, what if a parent is without a job but marketable? Does the court say that that parent doesn't have an income? Are there certain circumstances where they may assign that parent an income? Ms. Trigger, the mother in the Cryer case, she hadn't had a job for several years. And from the record, it was apparent that she was making no effort to do so. And she referred to the child support she was receiving as her only source of income. The problem is in that case, even if you, it's called imputation, even if we impute income, even if we artificially create an income for a person who's not working because they choose not to work, that is very different than when you're having a struggling economy like now when somebody loses their job and may not be able to find one. You don't have to look far today to look at our economy. People that work in the service industry, hospitality industry, they're not working. Uh, pretty soon airplane pilots, flight attendants, all of those that are being laid off. That's different. No, the court takes the people, the parents, as they find them. They're dealing with a tough situation. But if it's protracted and people are demonstrating they're not looking for a job, they don't care, whatever the reason is, then the court can and will impute income and say, you know what, you're capable of getting a job, you're capable of making $3,500 or $4,000 a month based on your work history and your skill. I'm going to input for you that income and we're going to calculate support as though you're receiving it. That parent then is put to a hard choice. Do they go out and actually get a job so they can actually make ends meet? Or do they just thumb their nose and say, you know what, no, I'm not going to go get a job. I'll take the loss in support. That's interesting. What what happens if a parent just says, look, I'm I'm quitting this job so that way I don't have to pay support to the other side? I actually had this conversation with somebody last week. It's kind of funny. There's only one case, not counting retirement, when somebody reaches retirement age and stops working because of that, which is totally okay. In the case, there was one case where the court, case, courts in California, a guy said, you know what? I'm done with this rat race. I'm actually going to be a monk. 
took a vow of poverty, went to live in a cave somewhere. I'm making up the cave thing. Anyway, and the court said, you know what? If you make a bona fide choice of your life to forgive, to forsake income, sorry, in that situation, we're going to honor that. And we're not going to impute income. We're not going to artificially create a support obligation when you are living a life of poverty by choice. Don't get any ideas, Sam. <laughs> well, I don't have any kids, so I'm good. <laughs> I'm good for now. Dane, a question that comes up a lot that we get asked or, you know, that that I like to think about is what what quality or part of the relationship when you think about taking on a new person as a client, what what is most important to the attorney-client relationship? It, it comes down to communication both ways. Um, I always look for a client that's going to to listen as much as I'm listening to them. Um, you have to have that, that communication. And I'm, I don't mean just words. I mean body language. I mean, show me you understand. Show me you're listening to me. Because if, if, you, if I'm talking to a client and they start rolling their eyes like a 15-year-old, then, then it's not a good fit. Because I can only be successful to the extent that a client allows me to be successful. and Because we have to be successful as a team. There are few experiences more difficult than a divorce. Holstrom Block and Park has the experience and insight to help. I'm Dane Holstrom, and my name is on the door, and my team and I are here for you. Call 855-395-5111 for a free phone consultation. Our firm provides comprehensive services in family law. Whether you need help with a child custody case or dividing marital assets, call today at 855-395-5111. All right, and a lot of uh, listeners always want to know silly things like, what's your favorite color? What Blue. is Dane's favorite color? Blue. Yeah, I would have said that. And chocolate chip cookie dough is his favorite ice cream, too. Favorite ice cream? But he actually just likes eating the cookie dough out of the ice cream. No, my favorite ice cream. Here's a plug. Cherry Garcia. The Ben & Jerry's? Yep. Yeah, I think we all have a Ben & Jerry's. <laughs> Mine is the fish food. What's the fish food? It has nothing to do with fish. It's got like brownie bites, <laughs> cookie dough bites. Like it is my guilty pleasure when I like am hiding in a clo- you know, in a closet by myself, you know, pretend like I bought the uh, Ben and Jerry's for my kids, having some me time. That that's definitely. When we were kids, we used to. This is gross, but when we were kids, we'd go down to like the CVS, and I don't know if you ever remember buying ice cream in like the a box, box. Yep. and we'd get the chocolate malted crunch. And me and my sister would just take a knife and cut it in two, like two bowls, <laughs> and just sit down, watch some TGI Friday. Oh, all day. Gosh, I love TGIF. Our Custody Queen team is growing. If you think you would be a good fit for our team, please email your resume to Kristen at custodyqueens.com. We are hiring for all positions, specifically attorneys and paralegals. So maybe your marriage didn't go as planned, or maybe you didn't pick the best partner to have a child with. Or could it just be baby mama drama? Well, no matter what the situation is, we can help. We are the Custody Queens, and you can call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. All right, well, I can't believe it is almost time to wrap it up again, this seriously, this this 30 minutes goes by so stinking fast. Like, don't you think, Sam? I can't believe it. 
And we love having Dane on as an expert because his qualifications are truly phenomenal. So, Dane, if anybody wants to reach you, set up a consultation, uh, even a phone consultation, and they are thinking about hiring an attorney or they're going through a divorce case, what is the best way for them to contact you? Probably through our website, which is HBP, Holstrom Block Park, HBPlaw.com. And do they fill out a contact form? Is that how it gets exactly. to you? Exactly. There's a contact form on our website, and they're welcome to fill that out. Or they can get our number off the website and call as well. Okay. And you do? are you doing in-person uh, consults right now in light of everything that's going on? Well, with COVID, we've got a lot of resources, and probably in-person is not my first choice, nor the, those of our, our clients. And so a telephonic uh, in, uh, intake usually works well to see if it's a good fit off the bat. Then if the client wants to come in, we can, we can set up a meeting in a safe circumstance. Otherwise, we can do a Zoom or equivalent conference as well. That's great. It's always super important to make sure that both the client and the attorney are a good fit. And I think that you taught me, and it's definitely still true today, is that attorneys are not one size fits all. Would you agree? A hundred percent. And what style of attorney would you say that you are? Unfortunately, I am the aggressive kind of go get them kind of guy, but I'm also the one who really wants to talk through all the options with the client. My biggest biggest issue in representing a client is let them know that the choices are theirs, not mine. And I'm going to give them all the information so they can make their choices and then I'm going to help them execute them. And Dane's also very creative. So a lot of times we get clients that come in or, or people come in and they've had several attorneys before and it's just not working out. Dane does such a great job of analyzing the case and looking at it from a new angle. Kristen and I are always running in his office saying, what do you think about this? And I, I just think that's such a credit to Dane. No, he is. He's definitely a uh, belt and suspenders attorney. He's definitely passed it on to both Sam and I. And I think one of Dane's best attributes as an attorney is that he always thinks behind every door that's coming up. It's the it's, what ifs. It definitely the what ifs. How could this go wrong? How does this hurt me? And those are all things that he has taught both of us. But his creative legal strategy is it's truly unparalleled. Well, I will tell you, the coolest part of my being in the show with you is to share with you, I, I love being able to go down the hall to your office and ask you guys that question. And that's that's what makes us all so great working together is, you know, Sam has a lot of the codes and the books and she can fly, spew anything off the top of her head. And then I'm more of the passion and the facts driven. And then we go to Dane to get a second opinion on strategies and making sure that everything all comes together so legally sound. So we're just a big think tank. <laughs> we truly are. We truly, and then we're kind of like the shark tank, like in one. Ooh, sharks. Oh, back to Sam and her <laughs> darn sharks. Uh, I think Dane would actually cage dive with us. I'm pretty sure he would. What cage dive? Yeah. With sharks? With sharks. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. we got to set this up. We'll have to set up another episode where we talk about Dane and I. Uh, Post-shark diving. Yeah, and also spear fishing <laughs> off the waters in Cabo off of our sailboat. So that's, a, that's another day, another story. But it was such a great day. Thank you all for joining us here this Saturday and every Saturday at 8.30. We love sharing our lives with you and we really enjoyed having the expert and the top gun of divorce, Dane Holstrom, here with us today. You can also catch us online at custodyqueensonair.com. Check out our Instagrams at at Samantha McBride and at Custody Queen Kristen. And you can call us at 1-800-419-7772. 
That's 1-800-419-7772. Our Custody Queens team is growing. So is our Holstrom Block and Park team. If you think you would be a good fit for either team, please send your resume to Kristen at custodyqueens.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-E-N at custodyqueens.com. And if there's anything that you want Sam and I to talk about, nothing is off limits. So feel free to post us and tag us on Instagram and let us know what you want to talk about. And remember, let love rule. Thought it was love, had kids in between. You can count on us with the custody. The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal, professional, legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients.